Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, listeners. Before we get going today, I want to tell you that we've teamed up with Honest Brew, which I really think is brilliant. Jamie, after a hard day's work, What's the thing you want more than anything else, apart from seeing your fiance and child, obviously? Uh, probably a cold beer. Me too. And what beer do you like? Uh, I don't know, like craft beers mainly, like Beaver Town, Meantime, Five Points, that kind of thing. Yep, those are great. I personally like to rep the South London beers, so I drink a lot from Brixton and Gypsy Hill. Yeah, see, I'm not sure how easy it is to get those beers at my local shop. Aha! Well, that's where Honest Brew comes in. Honest Brew delivers beer from the best independent craft breweries right to your door. So no more schlepping back and forth to the nearest hipster off license. You've just described a situation where I never have to leave the house. Where do I sign up? Just head to their online shop. There you can pick and mix your own selection of beers, purchase a gift, or get your hands on one of their curated mixed cases. And remember, Honest Brew's craft beer experts taste test every beer listed, so they're all good. And the good news for Good Dad Ugly listeners is that you can get £10 off your first order with the code FATHERHOOD. Cheers! Hello and welcome to the Good, the Dad and the Ugly, the Fatherhood podcast. I'm Seth, a new dad, and on each episode you'll hear me and my good pal Jamie, hello, who's also a new dad, as we chat with our special guest each month about everything that comes with modern day fatherhood. Along the way, you'll also get the latest highs and lows and thrills and spills as Jamie and I foray further into these unfamiliar, joyful and often choppy waters. 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 Hello and welcome to episode 13 of The Good, The Dad and The Ugly. This is a bit of a a special podcast, this one. We don't have a guest this time round. We just thought we'd, because it's been like a year, our last episode was obviously episode 12. So it's been a year since we've been doing the podcast and um, Eliza's a year old. And so we thought we'd just do a kind of look back at sort of some of our favourite bits from the, the last 12 episodes. It's just the the four of us, me, Jamie, Tom and Benji in the studio for our kind of annual party, our kind of 12 month anniversary. Yeah, a birthday uh, party. Birthday party, yeah. yeah. We're just kicking back with a couple of beers, courtesy of Honest Brew. Yeah. Tom's eating a pizza because he arrived late. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hear from Tom and Benji for like the first time. I think we're going to be getting more progressively drunk during this so apologies if the standard of chat goes 
um, goes down towards the end of this podcast. <laughs> you might think that there's not much further we could go down. So I think, I mean, I mean, the main thing we should talk about really is a, a year of you being a dad, right? I think the best question to ask anyone is how do you think you've changed? changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. You know what? It's funny. Like, I think I've probably spoken about this before. I kind of, before Alice and I had Eliza, we'd already kind of fallen into a pattern of being kind of a bit middle-aged and not really (laughs) doing that much. I felt like, like we would go out for dinner and things and, but like, you know, the drinking was really scaled back. The raving. The raving. Yeah. You know, just the frantically going all over London, seeing people scaled way, way back. So in some ways, life hasn't changed that much. Obviously, you know, having a child does does change the dynamic at home. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it is hard. It, uh, yeah. As we discussed, I think, on the, on the last episode with, with Alex Baker, I think that obviously having a child is hard. Uh, and it's, uh, there's a steep like learning curve to it, but I think you know, there's two things that sort of impact people's sort of experiences of it, or or how they kind of describe those to other people. Like sometimes, you know, children can vary in how much of a handful they are, I suppose. But the other thing is just that some people are just more prone to, you know, talking up the hard stuff. But I also think there are, you know, I think I've been. And I think maybe we've both been quite lucky in respect that yeah. our, we haven't had, and this is very much in inverted commas, difficult, not children, but experiences, I guess. Yeah. Because I think one of the things, were, uh, I remember uh, my NCT woman saying to us that just because, and I think I've said this on a previous podcast, that just because your child doesn't sleep at night mm. doesn't make them bad. No. Doesn't make them a bad because the temptation is to say, "Oh, your ch- your baby's really good," yeah, yeah because yeah, they course. sleep, and it's not about that. It's just every baby's different, and every baby has a different. Experience. But we have been lucky in the sense that our babies have given us a break in the sleeping, you know, area of things. That it's meant that everything else is that much. Yeah, it ta- you know the is it that much easier? I think. Who is your daddy? Daddy, and what does he do? Do. Episode one was with a friend of the podcast, Ben Ockram, for our yeah. pilot episode. And he's a theatre director, film director, screenwriter, multi-talented, yeah. all-round good guy, and father of Ezra. Um, his, I think he's two now? Yeah, something like that? Three? Two and a half. Oh, <laughs> that had some hilarious bits in it. That famously, we had the perineum massage explanation before you when you didn't know what it was. I had no idea. One of the main points of this podcast, I suppose, this this series, is for me to kind of learn about the things that I need to learn about. One of them, you know, is is to do with you know the things that I should be doing, and as an example, the perineum massage, um, mm. which if if but those people who are listening who may not have heard of this. I have no idea. You don't know what it is? Nope. Um, ben, do you want to describe what it is? Uh, so do you, know, do you know what the perineum is? I think so. It's the bit between yes. the genitals and the anus. Yep. Uh, the gooch, as we call it at uni. Mm. The gooch. So yeah, carry on. 
They should just change it to the Gooch massage. I think so. so obviously tearing, like vag- vaginal tearing is a thing that yeah. happens, can happen during yeah, childbirth. Yeah. And uh, that's the bit that, as I understand it, that can tear. Uh, so perineum massage is massaging the perineum, which you you can get like oils to do. And what it involves is for about 15 minutes. Is it... F- that- Hang no. on a minute. Five minutes? <laughs> Five yeah, minutes. It's a uh, shock in your face. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I've been doing it. Because obviously you've, you've, you did it. I have done it. I have done it. Yeah, so I, I've been doing it. Five, um, how, five minutes. No. One minute. Four minutes. You get tired. My fingers get very tired. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that that sounds very, very pathetic. But I do <laughs> actually have... have I do actually fingers. have like kind of a mi- mild sort of arthritis in my hands. <laughs> Jamie's laughing. It's actually true. Um, so, like, four minutes is actually fine, I found. That's well, fine. Four, four minutes. Now how I did you it. learn to do it? Oh, you poor thing. Oh, re- did you watch they, a video? They, I think I watched a did YouTube you watch video. A video. I should have watched yeah. a video because I just read the, the sort of paper instructions. That that that's on YouTube. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah there's a, I think it's a YouTube thing. I think that's where I watched it. And, um, I think that would so and But you don't, you don't just, like, massage that bit mm. on the surface. You, you, ax, you have to obviously massage from the vagina down towards that bit and then you're right. you're effectively just limbering it up really and you're getting it used to you're making it supple really mm. and making it used to uh the stretching that will be involved and the the theory is that that then um mitigates what can help um you know, yeah prepare it uh, and and hopefully help stop tearing Wowza. So is it something is that, that you NCT? think that's NCT. Mm. well they de- that is definitely brought up in yeah. nct class is that something I, d- I don't know i haven't even committed to taking the desk out of the front room to make way for the baby. Yet, I find so. it. I find it's quite fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I it's, mean, it sounds uh, like. Say Seth and then convinced about No, it, I, 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 well, 15 minutes as, over here. Yes, <laughs> <to vindicate. laughs> but maybe I've been. Maybe was, I was um, supposed to be. Doing it took me minutes. back to teenage fingering. Yeah, and, and was a real education in in how wrong that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um, seems a long time ago. Mm. Um, that was like before Eliza actually arrived. Yeah. So That's when you we were, bashed that one out. Yeah, we were both soon to be dads. And then yeah. by episode two, you were a dad. I was a dad, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't long after that we recorded episode two with, with our friend Will. No. I mean, is that all still quite a bit hazy for you? Or do you do you remember, is that quite still, pre- is the, the whole, because you told a, your birth story in episode two. Is that yeah. is that still quite present in your mind? Do you still remember that day as well now as you kind of, did back then is it still quite it know? is yeah it is mm. still kind of quite imprinted in my brain do you think it's ever going to be something you kind of get hazy on or do you think it's it is a well we've got it uh sort of committed to uh audio that's true so we got in the pool and we were doing like i say yeah we we were doing the gas and air so alice was doing it and then i was doing a bit <laughs> um, was, yeah, how was that is it a proper nice little high yeah was it like I don't know I've never done anything like <laughs> no, no, that no no maybe you had to liken it to, uh, to, uh, well have you ever been to the dentist yes <laughs> right so, right, so like that yeah. yeah or have you ever done balloons at a party yeah at five o'clock in the morning no okay <laughs> well yeah it's like that as well um, okay. and uh, yeah it's quite fun we were listening to the national yes oh, nice. what track what track we had on um, Fake Empire, I think. Yes, well, that is the best, uh, best track. Song. By, the best track by the National. Well it's done, fun. good choice. Yeah, oh, I think Great so. Great choice. I think so.
So I was having a great time. But Alice was getting more and more, you know, she was getting more and more uncomfortable. You're having a party. Yeah. And so the gas in there was kind of working to an extent, but it was, it, you know, it, it's, it's it's supposed to, again, it's a sort of a distractionary thing. It doesn't really kill the pain. It's supposed to just sort of confuse your brain into thinking that you're not in excruciating pain. And so it was sort of not really working. And you've got to time it right as well. You've got to do it at the right moment. So it sort of peaks mm. as you're having the height of the Like any drugs, really. Yeah. 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 Well, I wouldn't know about no, that. Neither, no, neither um, would I. Then Alice said to me, what's the time? And I said, 3.30. And she was like, what? I thought I'd been in here for like two hours and it's been like 10 minutes. <laughs> She's like, right, give me the epidural. No. And then there was a bit back and forth like that. And then we were like, okay, she needs business now. Yeah. Oh, you, so you did, you did go for it. You- well, basically you realize afterwards that that is the classic moment when they're like, right, no fucking about now. Let's fucking get- <laughs> Stage one to stage two. That is exactly. Yeah. That's when nice. you're transitioning to like the final yeah. stage. That's when the adrenaline kicks in and everything goes yeah. pretty mental. So we were getting her out of the pool, getting a little wheelchair thing to take her around to the labor ward and call the anaesthetist and all that kind of stuff. And as she's getting out of the pool, that's when the mucus plug dropped out. And I was like, oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) That is disgusting. (laughs) But also- What was it like? It's really like dark red, the color of like head blood. You know, that kind of thing. And it's mucusy as well. It's got like an edge, a residue of kind of like (laughs) snot. So <laughs> yummy. Yeah. <laughs> so I fished that out and saved it for Standard. later. So she got up and then she was like walking and the midwife had said to her, do you feel like the sensation to like poo or anything like that? Or do you feel you need to push? And she was like, no, no. <laughs> I realized afterwards she was saying that because she did want to feel like pooing and need to push. But she was worried that if she said that she did, that they wouldn't give her the epidural. So she yeah. lied. Oh, so they See, got the so lying thing works. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. Well, but yeah, for so long. Well, they, yeah, exactly. They find you out eventually, Jamie. Yeah. She was walking towards the wheelchair to sit down for them to take her through, and then she said, "Oh, like I can kind of feel something." And she said after she told me that she wasn't going to say that, but she's like, "I can't lie. I can't lie about this." She was like, okay, I'm gonna need to check you. So she checked her and she was basically like, yeah, the baby's coming. That period was like, probably like 20 minutes, half an hour. And it just went, just zoomed by. And then at the end of it, there was a baby. So it's happened. I'm here with the baby. Hi, baby. He's just sucking a little hand. I mean, I've literally never been so amazed in my life. Alice was amazing. The midwives were amazing. It was incredible. Now we've got this lovely, beautiful baby. You can hear her breathing. Do you know what I find funny about that? is that I gave you so much shit about you going home. 
Oh and, yeah, and leaving. And I genuinely at the time didn't thought that when it came to it, I would hundred percent stay. And it turns out I didn't. So I feel bad that I gave you so much shit. So I want to formally apologize for that because I think a lot of people do go home and it's fine to go home because a hospital isn't the best place for, you know, more than one person to stay. I don't think the hospital people want like like sort of dads hanging around sleeping on the floor either. It's better if they just get one-on-one because the dads can be more pain in the ass. They just well, you were you were trying to like steal fucking Nat's bed, weren't you? So I did steal Nat's yeah. bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we had episode three with Jerry. Yeah, who was talking about the IVF journey, mm. and there were some serious lols in that in that episode. Yeah, that was. I think that was the when we had Jerry's episode that we realised that there's quite a lot of alternative funny stories out there that we probably didn't really think of when we started this do you know what i mean like i think there was i didn't expect him to come to us with the um his so much masturbation (laughs) chat there was a lot of wank chat yeah i mean i knew there would be wank chat but i didn't know it'd be like wank chat yeah there was there were levels yeah wank chat yeah 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 so we've already sort of discussed that it's quite an involved process for the woman. Yeah. For the man, you know, that what... It's, you have, it's, yeah. You have to go and give sperm, right? Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, that's... that's I mean, is this the first time you've done that? Uh, like, yeah. given sperm in a medical way? Yes, yes, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, it was. I'm just trying to think. I can't remember if, they, if I had to do it before to analyse it. But yeah, no, you go in a little room and, uh, and you know, you've got to have a wank, basically. And, yeah. Um, and and I, yeah, I've done it twice because for each round you got to do it. Yeah, and it was. I mean, how's it? Is it, is it, was it must the, be quite a weird experience. It is a bit weird. Obviously, it is quite surreal. You're in this room, but I think you know it's. It, what was the porn like? Well, that's the, the first time I didn't use any. Uh, I didn't even know that it was porn there. The first. So you time. just used the wank bank. Yeah, exactly. My <laughs> wank bank's full, and it, you know it, it's. it's going, I was gonna say it's thriving there, but no. I mean, it's. it's uh, and then obviously, then the second time I did notice the pedestal and there was some in there. But the thing is, it's almost seedy, kind of t- or not seedy, but it's kind of dirty touching it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I just I don't really need it. So. So it's just magazines. It wasn't like a video or anything. No, no, just magazines. Yeah, okay. yeah, kind of weird ones as well. I mean, not weird, but it's just a bit, a bit. If seen of eighties, I guess. I think, I think, <laughs> I think they seem to remember. But, but yeah, no, both times I just kind oh, of it makes me really encrusted. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, it's all online. Right? I mean, you do. You, Is where, it? I don't know. <laughs> so they don't have like a computer set. No, there. they do. It's all it's magazines, which is you bring why, in your login details. Chrome incognito even. window yeah. stuff. <laughs> but you don't need it there. You don't need an incognito window. No, it's just you can go on. It's legit. It's got one legitimate time. <laughs> they got they got bookmarks. It's fine. Yeah. You just go through. You you didn't have a problem. No. Because no. I imagine some people would sort of, you know, um freeze up a little bit at mm. the prospect of having to beat off in a yeah. room I with think... someone standing outside waiting. Yeah. And sort of knocking, knocking the door on the and door. Says, Sorry, there's think... someone else out here. Can you I hurry up? But like, I didn't know this that you could take your partner potentially into the wanking yeah. room. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. To uh, yeah, facilitate the Yeah. I, I didn't know either. I, I, Seth told me, yeah, and, and yeah, you can, I guess, and that that's probably, you know probably quite a good help for you know for those that. And probably you, you say that like it's probably just easier just to get it done. Do you know yeah, what I mean? just like, go. I've so got this. I've got this. Totally. Don't worry. I've I done, know what. <laughs> this is my. I know what works. <laughs> I'll be out in five minutes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Less than that. Yeah. You're just you're just gonna muddle things and just it doesn't. This is unnecessary. <laughs> there were 
it should be said as well, some quite kind of, you know, some pretty deep bits in that, obviously, about the sort of journey that they'd had with kind of miscarriages. Yeah. And, you know, the difficulties um, just with the, the treatment. And I was really shocked to hear when I was talking to someone about it quite recently that it's, and I did not know this, that it's one in three pregnancies and then a miscarriage. It's one in three? One in three, yeah. I did not know that either. No, no, no. And that's just such a stupidly high number. Mm. So, you know, it is, you know, and it makes, it makes when you do have a baby through IVF or through however, you, you know, you do conceive and give birth just that much more amazing. I think there's... Um, there's a lot of stories similar to Jerry's and hopefully I think Jerry's kind of shone a bit of a light on that world that I didn't know about. So the one thing that's harder than having like a child is having two children at the same time. Twins. Twins. Yeah, is what they're called. Yeah, that is that is what they're called. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we spoke to Jim on episode four. Yeah, Jim Hickey. Yeah, and he he has uh, twin girls, which he spoke quite openly about. Yeah, and the, the struggles of that. Yeah, but he seemed pretty chilled about it. He did. Yeah, he I did. doubt he was that chilled when there were some tough stories in there about yeah. kind of the difficulties with breastfeeding with two babies and see that's not something you think about as a guy. I don't think. Can I can I just ask how did you find out first of all, and then like what was your reaction? So we went for the routine scan. I think we had it at about 14 weeks because like second time round, I don't know whether it was just we weren't as on it and we were just like, yeah, you know, whatever, we'll go in. But we went in for the routine scan and there was obviously there's no discussion about the sex at that scan, I don't think. And we, you know, just he's doing the scan and he's just sort of kind of drops something about kind of, yeah, they're doing well, you know, or, you know, there seems to be, uh, there seems to, you know, the heartbeats seem to be doing well. (laughs) He made some kind of little kind of dropping a hint, plural, (laughs) that might suggest that, you know, he's kind of like them waiting for you to hear the sound of a jaw hitting the floor. And he's kind of then, you know, like there's some sort of like, little kind of perverse uh, thing going on uh, just waiting to see how long it takes to compute I bet they love that I oh, bet yeah. They yeah I bet they have a, like a, a like a top gear kind of like board of <laughs> how many seconds it took for the parents to realise they're having twins like what was your immediate reaction uh, my immediate reaction was that I, I laughed <laughs> yeah yeah which is obviously a very blokey reaction to do and my missus uh, cried so, yeah, there was sort of both ends covered. Cried with, yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask. With, cried with joy or cried with terror? Uh, I would imagine it was probably a bit of both. Yeah, I'd imagine it was probably a bit of both. <laughs> because I can, I, I can imagine that you maybe you're just flashing forward at that point as to what that is going to do and yeah. how that is going to feel. So, Jim, could you just sort of like talk to us about the actual birth itself and how that went down? Yeah, the birth was uh it was in it ended up being in theater yeah once honor was sort of delivered and she was taken off to the kind of be put under a heat lamp and given a rub and kind of swaddled up and all that stuff i found myself naturally sort of wanting to go off and check 
with her what was you know yeah. what was going on that she was all right but then you're sort of going oh god i need to go back there as well and i've just kind of spent about 20 second dithering and working out where i was probably going to do the least damage so you're kind of like oh, do, you know do i go with this one because uh, is she okay you know how's she getting on is she breathing all right is she making a noise is she crying but then there's obviously your missus is still there presumably uh, there's a, like a midwife there checking yeah, the yeah, babies. yeah. They didn't just right. kind of like yeah. pop her just, in and yeah. kick, kick it over, and it was wheeled over to a heat lamp. It was, you know, I think they they were they were on it. I don't think they were that bothered about where I was. To, to be honest, I think they could uh, they couldn't see that I was being there that, is, that effective anywhere. But I mean, it's probably yeah. I imagine this is sort of magnified, you know, in the situation of having twins, but or any difficult birth, perhaps. But I think that in general, you do as a dad in that situation, you do feel like a little bit of a spare part. Oh, like yeah. you re- realize that you don't really need to be there for anything. <laughs> I mean, wait, hang on. Not wait, so, wait, what? I'm I not, don't need to, I don't need to be there. Now, no, Jamie, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that you don't really need to be there. Like there's nothing that you can really do that is that crucial to the whole process. I will provide tunes um, and be pretty much the on-call DJ, I reckon. <laughs> That'll be my role, making sure that it's, it's shy effects and drum and bass and basically uh, I, I, and prints. I think most birthing centres do have decks in the corner, actually. Yeah. So br- bring, Smoke your, machine. bring your 12 inches, yeah. <laughs> they right, probably provide cool. DJs as well. Not on the NHS. <laughs> so your girls, do they... A, I guess, are their personalities very, very different because they're twins? Or do they kind of share a lot of traits because they're twins? I guess it could probably go both ways, really. Uh, I think they I think they, they're, they're, they have more similarities than differences. I think they're, they're really similar in their personalities. They're both really, um, they are both really creative. They both love kind of art and, st- and doing stuff like that. And they love, I mean, it's difficult to tell because... Again, just you do, can't do, tell them apart. Yeah, it's really <laughs> difficult to tell because I still don't know who, which one's which. <laughs> it's difficult to tell because we've probably always tried to do the same things with both of them. So yeah. if one of them didn't turn around and complain that they hated it, we'd just keep going. So, you know, they both like are doing piano lessons. They both do like ballet. And if someone, one of them turned around and said, look, you know what? I really hate it. I don't want to go anymore. Obviously, we would take them out of it. But they've, they've always, they always just like doing things together. So I think because of that, there's not that many kind of really marked differences. And I, I think they are very similar. I think one of them's a better manipulator than the other. <laughs> Which so, one's that? <laughs> no, she not. knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one of them's a bit more happy-go-lucky. But, that, you know, there's a kind of subtle differences. Um, but it's hard to know whether that's kind of nature or nurture. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. There was well, a, that's, that's why, like, twins are so kind of, like, fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, that's how you can kind of answer some of those really complicated questions about nature and nurture, in theory. Because weren't you, weren't you thinking about sending one of them to, like, a private school? And yeah, because we only had the money for one. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was an interesting thought. I thought, you know, this is a real way to find out how, how different they are and to do a sort of a, you know, a kind of whole, yeah, social experiment with them. So, but, like, homeschool one or keep one in the shed with the chickens and then send the other one to Eton. <laughs> I wonder which one will come out better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Episode five was like quite a big deal for us. Yeah, I was quite nervous. I was nervous because it was the first time we'd had like 
a big kind of draw on. Yeah, a proper guest. And someone, also someone that we hadn't met before. Yeah, it wasn't a friend of a friend of a friend. It was sort of, this was someone we'd gone out to get, booked, and had kindly given his time his up time. to come. I mean, no on. disrespect to the previous guests that we had, because they're all legends and we love them. Absolutely. That's great, but this guy was a big deal. Big we rolled deal. out the red carpet for him. We rolled out the red carpet for Fod. For Fod, father of daughters, Instagram sensation, and now friend of the podcast, I'd like to think. Yeah, I'd like to think that he talks about us with his kind of, you know, friends in the in parenting circles in fond tones. What I thought was quite interesting, what I thought was quite funny um, that Fod said was that no matter how cool he thinks he is, his kids will always find him pretty lame. Simon, so you had, you had the twins, two more girls. Do you feel like you're basically completely outnumbered at home? Well, the maths tells me that I am. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one against five. Yeah, I do feel outnumbered, but I mean, not in a bad way. Uh, I think my girls aren't terribly girly girls. If they were constantly running around in fairy dresses and doing loads of girl stuff that they weren't involving me, then I might do. But in reality, I think children at this age are fairly malleable. Uh, they take on to what's around them. So if you're interested in science or I'm trying to get my daughter interested in what's going on in CERN for example that's not going well by the way but I I think it's important that they learn about these things so I'll spend time with them talking about this stuff and it's not that they're androgynous at this age but they they're not like women or men yeah They're, they're they're children and they are sponges of information so it's just having that ability to relate to them and talk to them about something which is of common interest which is great don't get me wrong i still get the fairy dresses and go to gymnastic classes and all that kind of stuff which is fine but i've made my peace with that and they still come and watch rugby with me like when it's played so we have our crossover points we have the points where it's just me usually when i'm doing diy in the shed or fixing my bike or doing something like that and i enjoy that time yeah but i also enjoy being a bit of a girl now and again like getting my nails done with the girls or you know that they have this obsession i'm basically a living mannequin yeah. to them so doing hair and nails is like the thing I suppose, that they do yeah i, I mean i guess because you sort of alluded to it before it's like that you said that you'll probably feel more outnumbered at the point when they're kind of teenagers yes definitely i think where i yeah where they get to that age where they are young women that's probably where i'm going to be like Oh man, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this anymore. But they'll probably but, love you. Like, I mean, I mean, not that they. Yeah, they'll, already, they'll love it when you, I hand out the twenty pound notes. Yeah, I'm sure they will. But <laughs> yeah, I think or just be being, the taxi outside the nightclub that they're coming out of. Yeah, no, because it's fine. Because at that age, they'll start bringing boys into your life. So that's no, no, good, no, no, right? no. We have an agreement. That's not happening. There's no way that's happening. <laughs> that's one thing I I do think about like occasionally like how am I going to deal with that I know that's a while off now and my, my eldest is nine what that's what six seven years away hopefully I don't know I've got no idea how will I act when I'm in that situation will I be the domineering dad will I want to scare the crap out of him like they do in the films or am I going to be <laughs> a little bit more accepting and trust my daughter in her judgments and I'm not there yet I don't know but I've still got 
a couple of years to make up my mind around how that's going to look and feel. Yeah. And I'm sure whatever plan I have will fall apart when I meet the Joker who she's picked. So we'll, we'll wait and see. I think the route to go on this one is to just be as embarrassing as possible. Oh, I'm just already like, doing that. Utterly. <laughs> right, okay. We'll just ramp that up. As embarrassing and awkward as possible. The problem is that I've found as your children get older, it doesn't matter what you do. They find you embarrassing. Yeah, sure. Right. So there is nothing. You might think you are the coolest guy on the planet. Like Anya doesn't care that I've got 589,000 followers on Instagram. She thinks I'm a moron. Like, and she thinks that my dancing is terrible, that my singing's terrible, my jokes are awful. Yeah. But that's just a father and daughter relationship, I guess. Yeah. And that I'm okay with playing that kind of fool role, if you will, because I think my dad did it to me and his dad probably did it to him. So. Of course. Fod actually delivered a brilliant piece of advice in that podcast, okay. which was uh, about flying with kids and when like, they're still kind of breastfeeding, yeah. making sure that you have like bottles and stuff prepared so that they can kind of, so their ears can adjust the, um, the altitude. Okay. Because they can't obviously regulate their own ears. Yeah. So the way to kind of avoid that situation is to give them a bottle on takeoff. I know we're getting some nice beers and, you know, having a nice time, but that man, Fod, gets next level free stuff. Yeah. Like, the amount of things I see on his Instagram, this is where we need to be. We need to be getting the amount of free shit that he's getting. And in fact, since we had him on our podcast, I think his popularity has taken off because now apart from the fact that his instagram followers haven't got up as much as yeah but the brands like brand involvement has i think because i used to you know before you know we had him on he was very much i hear my kids this is me in my house with dry pasta underneath the seat whatever 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 yeah cool we get it now his instagram feed is like here's me uh posing for barber and their great new range of winter clothes and mm. shit like that do you think that maybe that's why the instagram thing has tailed off Ooh. because he's got his too brand, sold out his brand was like this is real parenting mm. right but now like, he's the man now the, he's he's at the star wars premiere and shit yeah yeah he's, he's on a fucking boat he's so <laughs> <laughs> he sold out on a boat at the Star Wars premiere. Yeah. Wearing barber jackets. Real parenting. Yeah. I'm on a boat, motherfucker, take a look at me. Straight floating on a boat on the deep sea. Busted by night, wind whipping at my coat. You can't stop me, motherfucker, because I'm on a boat. So let's hear from one of the behind-the-scenes guys, Benji, our sound technician, maestro about your favourite clip of the whole, like, sort of 12 episodes, really. Hello. Hi, Benj. Thanks for the question. Well, look, firstly, I have to say that coming up with my single favourite clip, it's a difficult task. You know, there's a lot of clips that I love. As a, I guess as an active bystander here when we're all recording, I find it pretty tricky 
not to piss myself <coughs> laughing. And in fact, even today, I think I've done it about you 10 times. Piss yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little. Look, my role here of a good dad ugly family is largely to, to edit and soundscape. But I also task myself on taking sections from the main ep and turning them into standalone pieces. So I guess sort of remixing them generally to squeeze a bit more comical juice out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So ultimately I try and latch on to particular conversations or discussions to elevate them in a funny way, either within that episode itself or as an extra baby bite. So I think I tend to lean more towards material that covers serious topics, but, but maybe delivered in, in a not too serious way. So I think my favorite clip comes from a conversation with our guest from episode three, Jerry Bougeau, which covers his experience of fatherhood, stepfatherhood, and going through, through IVF, as, as you've mentioned. He talks about having to have a, a, a clinical wank to provide <laughs> a special sample for their, their IVF treatment, and that he was really concerned about his sperm mixing with the deodorant that he'd put on and, and causing problems. It's, it, yeah, it's my favourite clip for, for so many reasons. And of course, it was fucking hilarious. You know, where do I start with that? Firstly, he felt it was scientifically sound to shoot sperm onto his belly and then <laughs> scoop it up into a cup. You know, don't get me started on the logic behind that. It's ridiculous. And then the guys chime in, you guys chime in to hypothesize the birth of part human, part deodorant hybrid with a fresh superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to gesture a, a salute to this fresh superhero theme in, in the main ep and, and then I guess fully unleash my madness <laughs> by way of the, the baby bite release, Deodorant Man. I had deodorant on, right? And I was thinking, is the deodorant going to mess with the sperm? Mm, I actually wrote it on the form. They asked you, there's a bit on the form. It says, that, you know, was there anything wrong with it when you wank kind of process? And I wrote in deodorant, like, <laughs> is that going to tamper with, you know, the sperm and actually might affect things when it's mixed with the egg? You could end you, up with, like, some kind of, like, kind of superhero <laughs> yeah. baby that, like, smells really fresh. Fresh, 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 fresh. So, so yeah, inspiring clip in, in many ways. But what really tops this all is, is the fact that at the time of recording that episode, Jerry and his wife, Saskia, were actually in the middle of their two-week IVF wait. So the superhero was actually born 
uh, a few months ago, and the family have a wonderful new addition, Lucille. So this is me signing off vocally for at least a year and sending a massive shout out and lots of love to the whole Bujo family. Amazing stuff. Benj, I think we have to swap roles now, so I'm going to do the uh, <laughs> the soundscaping for this episode. Oh, hell no, no. So that's the end of part one. We'll be right back with part two. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Should we do another beer? Yeah. Jamie, what beer are you drinking now? Well, thanks to Honest Brew, I'm drinking um, one of the selections, which is the Liquid Mistress from Siren Craft Brew. And it's a red IPA, and it's 5.8%. And that's why you're... And it's getting me a little bit drunk, bit I'll be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about you? La- you're getting Larry. I, can, I, can I am. Um, I am drinking... Um, a beer called Inhaler, which is a juicy pale ale. Um, the what's the brewery here? Magic Rock. Yeah, Magic Rock. That's like a famous one, isn't it? They do the Cannonball. Is that the Cannonball one? I don't know. Anyway, oh, Benji's nodding his head. It is. Yeah, yeah. Smashed it. Um, so yeah, no, that and it's very nice. It's juicy. Yeah, I can see why that's a, that's a good. Good. I think we've talked enough about beers now. Okay. Larry, <laughs> <laughs> you're <all> right, mate. <laughs> so, if episode five was a kind of seminal moment for the fact that we had, like, for the first time, like a big kind of guest, yeah. Episode six is like the biggest guest we've ever had. Um, biggest is in the most famous, the most famous, yeah, the most famous, yeah, Matt Willis. What a ledge. What a ledge. Yeah. What a ledge. He kindly gave us a couple of hours of his time. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think we... X-rated that way. I was going to say, I think we had the most amount of swear words. The most in, fucks in the... I I got told off for swearing a lot. By who? My mum. On this podcast. But Matt Willis took the fucking piss. 
fucking, fucking, fucking shit. Fucking, fucking, fucking. I say the same shit. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh shit, fucking, fucking. Yeah, so kids pick that shit up. They do, they fucking do. Shit, shit, fucking shit. Fucking, 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 fucking. I mean, like, my kids find that fucking fascinating. My wife doesn't like that. Great chat, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a, such a natural talker. Yeah, he, he's definitely done interviews before, you can tell. He's done a few. Yeah. Well, Actually, you know what? I, he had some deep shit to say. There was some deep shit in that about, about like, the, the sort of the drugs and kicking the drugs because, you know, he had his child and how that kind of helped him get clean and stuff. That was, that was pretty heavy shit, man. Behind the scenes, you were kind of living a, a quite a, a rock and roll lifestyle, were you? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, especially during the, the, the kind of later busted years and beyond, really. Yeah, it was kind of quite raucous and quite crazy. But wicked, you know. Plus, you fucking got away with it because you're in a pop band. Yeah. So no one thought you were kind of doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. anything, you know. But I have to say, man, like those Smash Hits tours, like even like after Busted, right? Like, I mean, like I did a solo record, which was, I suppose, a little bit cooler than what Busted was or whatever, you know, like... Um, but they were nothing. Like, those fucking early Smash Hits tours were the most insane things. Like, they, like everyone was just fucking off it the whole really? time. It was crazy. It was amazing. God. But you, you've you've said speaking of it, you you've said that fatherhood is kind of what inspired you to kind of kick all that, kick the alcohol, kick the drugs, that kind of thing. And and yeah. And is that? I mean, I mean, tell us about that because that I think that's something that probably quite a lot of people find and and, and go through. Yeah, I think there was, um, I mean, uh, I mean, for me personally, I tried to get sober so many fucking times, you know, and I've been given, and I had so many reasons to stay sober, you know, but nothing really worked, you know, I went to multiple rehab centers, I fucking couldn't face another one, you know, I went through that so many times, and but nothing got me sober, you know, I was always kind of pretending, I was always kind of doing what people said I should do, and kind of faking it, you know, and kind of going, yeah, I should go and sort myself out, but then in two months I can fucking go back to myself, mm. and everyone will think I'm great, you know, yeah. or whatever. But then we had Isabel, and everything fucking changed, you know, like, and it's one of those one Did, of did things- it just change, like, overnight? No, no. Well, I suppose so. I mean, I knew, you know, like, I still fucked up, like, after Isabel was born, you know, like, it took me six months to get sober. In that time, I tried fucking hard, you know, like, in the first six months, but I kept fucking up. And then I missed her crawling. I was out getting smashed, and, um, you know, I kind of missed that fucking thing. You know, and the thought of not having her, you know, and, and kind of being that disappointment which I constantly was to other people mm. you know but being that fucking disappointment to her was just too much for me to deal with you know so yeah that kind of uh, that was the one thing and then I just went I just kind of went you know I went to meetings and I kind of went one day at a time and you know, I did everything they fucking told me to do which for the first time ever I read that book I did <laughs> you know I did you know like and to be honest I, I mean I'm not a, I'm not a fucking AA guy I'm not really a a kind of one of those dudes I don't go to meet you know it's not really part of my life now but I did anything you know to kind of stay sober at that point yeah. and, it, and it and it all probably worked you know because I did you know so it's um, uh, yeah but I think there's there's something about you know like um, you know the thought of her or any child seeing their parent in a yeah. disappointing light mm. is not fucking cool man you know like you know you want to be you know, that's the last thing you want. Yeah, you want to be know. a hero to them. Completely. They never want to be the opposite to that and mm. the complete fucking opposite to that. So, yeah, that was um, that was the kick up the arse I needed. I think, you know, when we're talking about how we've changed since becoming 
you know, fathers. I think Matt's story shows how much people can change and yeah. how much what a positive influence children can be on you and, and what a catalyst for change yeah. they yeah. can be. These beers are definitely <laughs> They're in. having an effect, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what was your um, favourite moment of the podcast so far? God, there's there's so many. Um, that's a difficult question. Um, no, look, in all honesty... Um, that You know what? I'm going to just talk... I know, I just want to talk about that because basically what just happened here is that Tom was talking and he was a little bit far away from his microphone and Benji got up from the sofa to adjust it and he got electrocuted by the microphone. <laughs> Are you alright Benj? No! <laughs> <laughs> happened like 50 times today. So look, genuinely like it was quite special sitting here in the room with you guys and hearing both of you, first Seth um, and then a few months later Jamie talking kind of about their experience of, of their first child coming into the world and you know it brought back a lot of memories for me as well because a few months previously I'd become a father for the first time and and I've since had a, a second child as well and I just think that everyone's story is different it can be you know there's it, it, like no one birth story is is the same and everyone's is so you know personal and and I think you guys kind of you know really brought to life a lot of those feelings and emotions and then Nat said, oh, I think I need to push. And Janelle, again, was like, okay, well, cool. Okay, let's let's do this then and start getting everything ready. And was like, all right, when you need to push, you just start pushing. And then Nat, like, went into that kind of, like, screaming every obscenity, like, yeah. properly going for it sort of thing. Like, loud, to the point where I was like, okay, does it does it need to be that loud? <sighs> um, uh, this is, you know, keep it down a bit. Uh, I didn't actually say that, obviously, because I'm not a fucking moron. But, um yeah, and then Janelle said, okay, well, listen, she was pushing, 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 and we could start to see the head, like, wow. coming through. And and I was a bit like, <laughs> and I was, up, I was up at Nat's end, but, you know, you can, I could see everything. Like, yeah, I didn't yeah, have to yeah. go down that end to see, because she was kind of, like, half sitting up or whatever. And I could see the head, like, the top of the head coming through, and I was like, okay, this is getting quite real now. And then she pushed for another, like, 20 minutes, and then Janelle said, okay, look, when I say stop pushing, stop pushing. And she said it, she not pushed, she said it. And then out, out oh, wow. came the baby. Like literally like, it wasn't like a head for ages, then shoulders. It was literally just like, <laughs> straight out. Woo! <laughs> All in one, like, whoo. and it was purple. The baby was purple. And I didn't know what to, I was like, huh? it's, 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 a, it's a baby. It's a baby right there. And I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around it. And then she picked it up, gave it to Nat immediately. And Nat went, oh my God. And then we both looked at each other and went, we both went, what is it? <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> and, and we just looked. And, we, and so we all looked because we just forgot. I think I did see, but just didn't register it. Just didn't think. To, I was just so much like, oh my God, there's a fucking baby lying there. 
cried, it, it screamed straight away. Then we looked and we looked at it, it was a girl. little girl even though we were convinced it would be a boy yeah, yeah yeah so but the weird thing was as i said we had a shuffle playlist going on and, yeah i was gonna say and the tune as she was born and i was skipping tunes i didn't look at what i was skipping because it was on shuffle and i was skipping because ellie goulding came on at one point right and i was like uh-uh no my baby is not being born to ellie goulding no way so i skipped it a couple of times and then the nationals i need my girl came on as she was born. And I was like, ah, that's weird. It's a girl. And then I turned to Nat and I went, so the name we had from the start was for a girl, was Matilda. Right. And we'd never really found anything we liked more than that. So I said to Nat, I was like, so, and as we were convinced it was a boy, we'd had loads of like conversations about a boy's name. So I went, oh, so I guess we're going to call her Matilda then. And she went, I guess, I don't know. Like, maybe. I went, well, let's think about it for a bit. Yeah. As I said that, all Jay's Matilda came on the shuffle. And she needs you. This is for Matilda. And she needs you. This is for Matilda. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, like, no, no lie. It wasn't like a, three songs later. It was that song, Matilda, came on. You don't have a choice then, do you? And I just looked at that and I, I had to sit down. I was like, that's too weird and I, I said to Nat I went well that's and how many songs were there, were there on the playlist it was like nine hours of songs fucking hell yeah and we've been through like two hours of it and I, I turned to Nat I went well that's that's that then right so yeah and she said yeah I guess so oh, well to be it's a great name so like it's yeah. not like you were stuck with I could think like Roxanne or something yeah. like that yeah and to be fair we'd put the tune on the playlist because we'd like the, we like, right, we yeah. like the, the, the name you know yeah. and the song but for it to come on right then was a bit weird. It was and then, weird. yeah, so we called her Matilda India Tucker. But one other point um, possibly worth mentioning is a, a guest that we had on maybe two or three episodes back, I think it was episode 10, a really lovely guy called Shawnee O'Kane, mm. um, who, who came on here and was very generous with his, his time and his, his thoughts and all that kind of thing. And he's a, he does something for a living that I didn't even really know existed. He's a kind of fatherhood expert. Yeah. And he works with, with dads from all walks of life, trying to kind of just basically help them out and, and ensure that, that they get, you know, the, the best deal possible in, in, in terms of, um, of, of being dads and, and all the great things that, that come with that. And I think one point that he made that really hit home, that resonated with me, which I think I'm guilty of not really having properly taken on board, is that when we talk about fatherhood, when we talk about dads and, and, and fathers, like... There's, we're talking about so many different people. It's not just one like yeah. type of person. And we probably, um, maybe I can speak for us all, uh, uh, at times guilty of being in a bit of a bubble and thinking that, yeah. and, and, and particularly in this podcast, you know, we, we, we think that we all have 
you know, uh, it, we all have quite privileged experiences of, of what it means to be a dad and being able to afford, you know, like good push chairs and baby monitors and taking them on holiday and taking them to soft play and nice things mm. and, and da 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 and, and all that stuff. But fatherhood can be a real fucking graft. Like, as, as Shawnee, I think, like, what he brought to podcast was saying, you know, there's 15 year old dads out there who can't afford the bus fare to, you know, to go and, and, and see their kids mm. and, and all sorts of, of, of other stuff. And, and, you know, people battling addiction and, um, you know, domestic issues and, and being and in prison. And stuff. Yeah. And hopefully that's something going forward, you know, with, with the next, you know, 12 months of this podcast is I think we should try and branch out a little bit and think about, um, giving a voice and a platform to these other dads that sometimes we, we kind of don't always, you know, think about and, and, and talk about enough. I think we pulled off a bit of a coup by getting in our guest for episode eight, who I was quite a big fan of before he came in anyway even bigger fan after he came in um, was uh, Ben Bailey-Smith, a.k.a. Doc Brown. Legend. Um, yeah, bit of a... That was a particularly... I mean, anecdotally, yeah. I got a lot of positive feedback about that episode. Oh, really? Yeah, just people were just getting in touch with me, you know, just out of the blue saying, I heard that ep with Doc Brown and it was sick. <laughs> they might have used, They might have used like different sort of terminology, yeah. but on that Yeah, I thought thing, it was a good episode. I did not have this yeah. power of words. I did not have this sense of conviction. I did not have the success in my professional life. I did not have the ability to do what I do today before I had children. I was an underpaid youth worker when my first daughter was born. I got on stage for the first time and tried to do stand-up, which has led to all these amazing things that I've managed to do since and to a, a flourishing and financially stable career I got on a stage to begin all of that at 30 years old with a toddler and a bun in the oven and no way of knowing how I was gonna pay the heating bills mm. do you know what I'm saying mm. it was a different type of pressure I had to be funny I had to make it work it was a huge gamble, but having the children forced me to say to myself, there's only one outcome. Yeah. It has to work. It has to work. I'm not thinking about the other outcome. Whereas before that, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'd quite like to do this. I'd quite like to do that. But I'd also like to play FIFA for a bit longer. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. completely. So the negatives are profound and they are, overpowering at times but so are the positives it's a completely even thing like the amount of times i've looked at that front door and just thought i'm fucking moving to mexico i'm going to mexico i'm changing my name i'm gonna find one of those better cool soul motherfuckers and get a new passport i'm done and the amount of times that i thought i couldn't be proud i don't want to be anywhere other than here yeah. watching my kids being amazing i can't wait for the day that i have two grown women come around my house for christmas dinner telling me about 
their lives and the amazing things that they're doing. Mm, yeah. I can't wait for that fucking day. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. And I'm getting closer every day. My kids, they're terrified of terrorism. Mm. Absolutely terrified. It keeps them up at night. Okay. How do you deal with that? Like, what do you, what's your kind of, because I mean, that's something it's I've thought really, about. It's really, really tough. And it, it, it brings me to tears quite regularly because I can't control it. I can't control terrorism. I can't control the, this level of, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to say evil because I hate it when people say evil. Terrorists are normal people with mental problems. Mm. That's what you never hear about. You, all you hear is like, he's evil. How did he get radicalized? Mm. How, mate, he's a fucking nutcase. <laughs> if he thinks it's okay to kill someone for what he believes in. Mate, if I thought that was okay, there would be so, anytime someone said tribal quest, they're, they're not all that. They'd be dead. They would be dead. Do you know what I'm saying? They'd be dead. You have to be mentally ill to kill someone for something that you believe in. Yeah. Like it's bonkers. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's a hard thing to explain to little kids. Mm. So, you know, the monster rhetoric, the evil rhetoric that you get in the press, I guess that's a bit simpler, but I don't like to be simple with my kids. I like to be quite real with them. And um, I give them the harsh reality quite a lot. And to be fair, my wife's on board with that as well. And, neither of us had the most straightforward or simplest of upbringings um my wife's way way tougher than mine you know so we're very much like these are the realities of life but there will always be helpers there will always be people good people that you can turn to that will look after you and there will always be love and there will always be happiness in the world and the fear and the the horror it doesn't last it doesn't last. It doesn't last. It's always like some temporary shit that someone's trying to throw out there to make a statement. Mm. And it's petty. Yeah. Whereas love and happiness, togetherness, that shit lasts forever. Well, it was, I mean, it was great to like hear him read from his book. Yeah. His children's book. I didn't realize I how read. little money you make no that really surprised me actually i thought i always thought there'd be tons of money in printing money yeah yeah well i guess unless you're as he said unless you're julia donaldson yeah i guess there could be lots of money yeah but there's the merch that surrounds it isn't it it's all the extra merch and unless you get that and he's done a big purple bear and there's already been like purple dinosaurs and the gruffalo's kind of a bit purple yeah so is it not Tom's giving me a look. He's brown. He's brown. He's brown. 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 Okay. But he's got purple spikes or some shit. Yeah, Do you know what? Yeah, that's right. That is right. He's Thank got you. purple warts all over his back. Come on. Don't knees pretend you don't know. Nobly, no, nobly no. knees have turned out toes and a poisonous wart at the end of his nose. Now, hang on. There's something purple Purple's prickles all over his back. There you go. That is true. I read it quite recently to Matilda, the Gruffalo. It's the first time I read it. It's good. It is, a, it is good. This is, maybe explains its popularity, but it's one of the books. Yeah. Like, Children's you'll books go get bored. Yeah, they yeah. get boring quite quickly. Because it's got a rhythm to it. It's, it's yeah. got a wicked little rhythm to it. But do you know what? It does. It does. Benji's laughing. But it's got a rhythm. A rhythm. Uh, <laughs> and you can get in a bit of a flow with it. Whereas her other book, I'm just going to say it, Stickman, Nat rates it. I don't like it. I think it's a bit... There's nothing to it. Really? Whereas Gruffalo's cool. I haven't read it, so I, I don't know. Yeah. But not... I really, I do actually really, really like 
Ben's book. Yeah, I and think talk about great. talk about a rhythm and a flow. He, That's, he showed yeah. us the best way to, to read it. So it starts off a uh, big picture, a big close up of the bear. <clears throat> and it goes, and it goes, and it goes, and it goes. I am bear. And I am bear. The suit I wear has purple hair. In my tummy, mostly honey. Here's a thingy I find funny. Knock, knock. Who's there? Munch, munch. Mmm, my lunch. I do magic. Most bears won't. Now you see me, now you don't. Look behind you. Boo, boo, boo. Do you like games? I do too. Cops and robbers, that's my favorite. Donuts missing. Guess who ate it? Fun with friends. That's the main thing. Favorite hobby? Probably painting. 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 I am bare, and I was there. Now I'm gone. So long. So long. So long. Mark Harris. Oh, Mark Harris was a legend. What? The word oxytocin, I don't think anyone comes across that word until they become pregnant. And then it's the buzzword. Everyone fucking knows about oxytocin, right? Yeah. And I think he sold the idea of why oxytocin is the absolute one and why it should be harnessed and created and um, your missus should be put in an environment in which... I'm starting to sound like him when I talk. You about are. It. You are. Go, getting, you're. You're channeling. I'm channeling that, that kind of enthusiasm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great, and I thought he had a lot to say on why oxytocin is the sexy hormone. So I was at the NCT, and oxytocin came up, and I was going on about it because I I probably read that chapter yeah. the night before, and I was being so sort of like knew exactly <laughs> what it was. But people don't no. really know what it is until they're. Kind of yeah. told. So, do you want to just kind of give well, a brief kind of explanation to what oxytocin is? Uh, oxytocin, uh, it's it's quite a trendy hormone, really, because we we know that it's the the hormone responsible for connection, the hormone responsible for affection. And do men have it as well? Do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Men and men and women have the same hormones in their bodies each other. Do you right. know we were all female before eight weeks? Yep. And then yep. the the clitoral head which is not just the hood, the clitoris extends round the vagina and back. In us, it became penis and testicles. So we have the same hormones in our body, they just dance in different ways. Right. Uh, so oxytocin is a hormone responsible for connection and bonding and all that kind of stuff and the community feeling. Uh, it's also responsible uh, in a woman for uh, sexual release. So when a woman is released sexually, and if she's lucky, has an orgasm, her body is awash with oxytocin. In fact, one obstetrician, Michelle O'Donnell, has said that orgasm and birth are one event separated by time. Right. The family of hormones responsible for a woman releasing herself sexually are the same family of hormones responsible for the birthing process and breastfeeding, funny enough. Is that why they say that that's, you know, when, you know, you're over overdue, that... A shag is a... Well, yes. See, that's bollocks, isn't it? No, not completely. <laughs> let, let, not completely. Well... So, so in the old days, we used to say, if you ever, you know, have a jump, right, mm. um, that any friction on the woman's cervix, which is the opening to the uterus, causes the pituitary gland to release the hormones responsible for starting the birth off. Right. Uh, most men's knobs ain't going to reach that far, let's be frank. The other part of... Sorry... 
Well, no, that's fine. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the other thing is that semen has something called prostaglandin in it, which again is a hormone responsible for starting the birth off. The prostaglandin in sperm is not, um, uh, in terms of its molecular structure, is not the same. So the important component when it comes to starting the birthing process off is a woman being released sexually. Yeah, there was some uh, interesting, eye-opening things in, in his, his chat. He talked about how like breastfeeding is linked to birth and to orgasm as well. And there was like, uh, he was a very sexual man. He was, he talked about the fact that like, he's been delivering babies and he said that on a number of occasions, so more than once. I think he said actually four times women have said to him um, in the delivery room, do you mind if I masturbate while I'm having this baby? Yeah. And that's not the, oh, right. That's just, okay. I was going to say, that's not the (laughs) mum. It's just a nurse. But also, like, let, can we just take a moment to... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's the beer talking. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Tom. Yeah, what? I was just saying, can, can we just take a moment to get our head around the fact that... Did he say that he they at one point had... Is it five children under the age of six? Wasn't it? Was it six children? I think they very much later adopted a six child. Right, right, right. I think they had five under the age of six and a half, something like that. And that is like mental. I mean, how old is he? Said that for like that whole time, like his wife was never like never stopped breastfeeding for like seven years. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. That is fucking nuts, man. Yeah. For episode 10, we had um, Shawnee O'Kane on, who is a, a fatherhood expert, which is quite a kind of grand title. And he had that fucking mental story about how he conceived. Well, actually, I don't think it was the moment they actually conceived. No. But he was like trying to donate sperm yeah. for the conception yeah. of a child with this lesbian couple from... Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. And they were arriving late. Yeah. And so he put his jizz in the oven. Yeah. You know the song, All That She Wants Is Another Baby? What was that? Is them. That's all they, yep, yep. They were the Zimbabwean Ace of Base. And that was who they, they really had their sights set on having this, you know, this this, this child. And, and I was just like, yeah, that's just do it and sure you know i'll be involved and and they were like oh well we'll talk about it later on and all that it was all quite like vague and you know and they said we're going to come around and uh we're going to just do this practice go and we'll see how it goes and i was like okay that's fine and they said yeah could you just have everything ready for us i was like, yeah that's fine that's not a problem that's easy and I, uh, well, I can't really romanticize this, but I shot into um, a polystyrene cup. And um, I uh, <clears throat> was really pleased with myself. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, they're going to love this. Uh, I was like, just thinking, should I wrap it up? I don't know. <laughs> like, what, do do? What, do do? <laughs> what do you do? Like a gift tag. And, uh, and then whilst it was in the cup, they said, oh, we're caught in traffic. We're going to be late. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So I wish I could had a camera watching me at that time because in my state, I started to panic because I assumed that 
when the sperm gets exposed to air, it starts to die. So I, so I turned the oven on on a low heat, <laughs> and I put it in the oven because I, I assume the fridge. That, no, because it, my balls are warm. So why, <laughs> why would I? My friends, I said, why didn't you put it in the freezer? But like, because it's just come from a warm place. Why would I want unless I was like. <laughs> You know, like a snow monster or something. I mean, why would I want to put it in the freezer mix? And also, it's quite unhygienic. Right. Because the, the oven, oven is completely sterile. <laughs> and so I, uh, I put it in the oven on a low heat, and it was in there for about 30 to 40 minutes. And when, <laughs> when, <laughs> when it came round, I'll never forget this. I just, I just, it was like another person now. When I look at me then, now, it's just like two different people. And I'm... Um, when I pulled it out, it all kind of decrepit. It was all crumpled <laughs> up. But the sperm was like intact and it was still moving around. And and they were just happy because they just wanted sperm, you know. So they were like, yeah, it's great. Give us all sperm. Give us all your sperm. <laughs> uh, and then they, I was like, okay, so did I like turn one of you upside down and pour it in? How does it work? <laughs> uh, like, this were really clear and there was nothing really on. Like, you can't, you can't you Google based, that, uh, can you? Turkey based, yeah, well, that? yeah, well, they, they'd bought a home insemination kit. and Because um, oh, uh, they'd come prepared. Yeah, of course, because it's all that they want is another baby. So they knew exactly what they wanted. And so so they left. And then I was, so I was like, okay, so have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out with the boys tonight. So I went out with all the lads and we were all drinking all night. And they were like, give me loads of stick. <laughs> and uh, and whilst we were out, I was getting hammered. And I got a text message from... The who would then be the non-biological mum, and she said, "Hey, you know, thank you for your sperm today." Um, I never got that text ever before. I got it that <laughs> night. I've never got it since. And she's like, "Oh, you know, it was really kind of you." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." I, I think every sorry. I think every like one night stand should finish with that text. Thank you for your, <laughs> for your sperm, sperm today. today. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "You know, but did you know that you know styrofoam kills sperm?" And I'd be like, "Well, no, I fucking didn't go to sperm school. How would no. I know that?" But you're and saying she, the oven doesn't. And she, <laughs> and she said, "You know, we've just read up on it, and uh, we'll come around tomorrow for some more." But there was also, there was an addendum to that story because yeah. there was another, I think because of the polystyrene cup incident, mm. they had to come around the next day Yeah, and he was not feeling quite, he'd had a few drinks with the lads yeah, yeah. and was having difficulty um, arousing himself. Yeah, and so he asked his uh, his flatmate to stand in <laughs> as a jizz and, double. And hilarity ensued. Hilarity <laughs> ensued. As much as I like Elliot Ray from episode 11, who runs the um, Music Football Fatherhood website, I do feel like, and I felt at the time he had kind of just stolen our idea as to what we're doing here and uh, put it in a website form, which is actually probably a lot smarter um, move than doing a podcast. But Did, so Was that because I'm not sure about no, the genesis of it, was it? No, he was definitely doing it before us. Okay. And just kind of, yeah, we just came to it late and I just saw it and I realised... There's no such thing as an original idea because everything I thought we brought to this, he's kind of already done. But Oh, well. But hey. Hey, look, look, there's room for both of us, right? Yeah, exactly. We should talk about an article that drew our attention to you, which was in The Independent, which you wrote, which said the headline of it was, I'm a young married professional black father and I don't exist. What inspired that because that's quite a provocative kind of 
headline, but I, yeah. I thought it was a really interesting read. And you were talking about there was, you know, not enough black role models in in sort of in the media. Yeah. And and uh, do you want to just kind of elaborate on? And that was in the Independent. How when so when that, was that? That was in July. Okay, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah that was in July. So what <coughs> what prompted you to write that? So I think it was about. So when I was saying earlier before we started recording about just sharing more, I feel like there's probably loads of things I want to say sometimes and don't because of, I guess, because people ask you about it afterwards, mm. which is something I'm getting comfortable with. If you say something in public, they're going to ask you about it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, obviously. Um, you know, fear of maybe it being career limiting or whatever. But now I just don't really care. So I'm happy just to express how I feel. And just be honest. And I think with that, I was like overwhelmed with the response to it. I think it was like the second most shared article from the Independent that day. Like yeah. people really felt it and I struck a chord and was relating to so many people. And I think there were people that were like, oh my gosh, I feel like that. I just didn't even think to say it or didn't articulate it in that way. So I guess it was just me just thinking, Do you know what? This is something that, I guess I've been experiencing and I think there's two things. I think it's the kind of just realization that when you go out as a dad, probably more so as a black dad, people just don't really know how to respond to you. If you're with your baby, especially when they're quite young. So, so if take, you're, you mean if you're on your own, just the two of you? Yeah. yeah. Right, so I used yeah. to take Eleni out when she was like four, you know, three months, I think was the first time I ever to go on my own. So I used to take her out, um, make sure my wife has a rest, be out with this young baby <laughs> And people would just be quite surprised and quite shocked. And it was weird. Like I was living in Walthamstow at the time, actually, which is actually quite a liberal left place. It, it was weird. People just didn't know how to react to me. If I go out on my own, it's fine. Like when as soon as I'm with a baby, all of a sudden, uh, it's just a bit weird. And some what, people... What was the, so, yeah, what was, what was the reaction? <laughs> so some people would be like really overly like, oh my gosh, you're out with your baby. Like, you know, like over happy yeah, yeah which is fine like they were excited you know that's good whatever cool and i thought other people were a bit more standoffish especially if you're going to a place where there's other mums as yeah. well yeah so i really noticed i was like wow people don't know how to respond to you it's either very kind of like oh my god that's great you're a dad you're out amazing take my money take my child <laughs> we love you <laughs> <laughs> or it I will was vote for you. <laughs> basically yeah. yeah or it was the other kind of this is a bit weird so i'm gonna avoid him right yeah so yeah, i'm yeah. not gonna engage with him so i'm gonna pretend he's not there sort of thing wow yeah. and i felt like this is this is weird i don't experience this when i'm on my own uh normally depending on how i'm dressed but if i'm dressed like this normally people are quite you know just Shirt and trousers and yeah shoes. like i've been at work i have a job whatever yep. so i thought you know what i i want to express this yeah one of the things that you say in in your article is that you you don't blame people for having that reaction necessarily mm. because you feel that you know that's sort of that that's the inevitable kind of effect of like the media and and like advertising and the and the way that you don't see that person represented in in those forums yeah 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 i think it's getting better I don't know if they've read the article, um, but I'm seeing a few more adverts just with normal black men. Yeah. Proportionately, you see a lot of us being rappers, being footballers, being drug dealers, being criminals. We see that a lot. 
proportionately there needs to be a readjustment of proportion like there needs to be a, a representation of actually what black british men are which yeah. a lot of us are just normal people who live normal lives who look after the kids and do normal stuff so on episode 12 which marked a year obviously we had alex baker on we did famous for Kerrang radio. radio yep being the new artist overlord yeah um he was fucking brilliant it, I mean, that was we only re- recorded that relatively recently. Obviously, yeah. it's, it's it's still very fresh in my mind. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, he was funny. He, he was talking about like how he has like an aversion to like sauce and things like that. Burger juice, burger juice yeah, on him. Rough. But he yeah. was happy to have like baby like shit on him. Yeah, but baby. I think it was baby shit in his eye. Yeah, but any burger juice around his mouth and his beard, he wasn't he wasn't comfortable with. I had this really weird moment where I, I was convinced because I'm freaked out by like stuff on me. Like if I'm like eating a burger or whatever, and I get some burger juice in my beard, I'll have to wipe. I wipe my face after every uh, yeah. after every bite. You know, just constantly go through mounds of tissues. Awful for the environment uh, in many ways. <laughs> and so, that's your excuse, is it? <laughs> yeah. But um, but so I was really concerned that like the snot and the puke and the, and the poo and everything was going to like really rock my world in a negative way. But I remember like Mel was recovering, blood everywhere, awful sight. Um, and the baby was crying and I was like, oh God. And she started like going, ah, 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 like the amniotic fluid started coming out because she was a C-section baby. Apparently it comes out later when you have a C-section baby. No one tells you this stuff. Yeah. Uh, we can get onto that in a bit if you like. That's stuff that people don't tell you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I had this situation where she started to choke and I was like, right, I've just got to get her. So I picked her up and she started being sick. And this was the moment where like her bodily fluid was going to be on me for the first time. And, and Mel went, oh, uh, get a tissue, get a, a muslin cloth or whatever they're called things. I always get those wrong. <laughs> She's always telling me off for getting it wrong. Get one of those things. And I was like, no, she can just do it on me. <laughs> and she was like, right. And I swear it was on that like, slow motion and my long hair was like swaying in the, you know, with the projectile vomiting. And I had all this sick in my hair. And I kind of loved it, you know? And it was really weird how I felt. And, and since I've had snot and poo on me and all the rest of it. And I almost oh, feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah well, no, Saturday night, man, with all that. <laughs> but, but I sort of feel like your brain when you're a dad, and I guess it's the same for mums, it kind of switches off the thing that makes it gross. Yeah. So they could do anything to you, and you kind of your brain just just doesn't. But what about the burger juice? Are you still burger juice, mate. I have to have a stack of tissues. It's <laughs> awful. But yeah, baby can shit in my eyes. <laughs> all good. <laughs> you know, one bite of a GBK, game over. <laughs> But I kind of get what you're saying in terms of like when it's your baby, that kind of stuff yeah. goes out the window. And I think that's, you know, before I became a dad, I very much, and I think I said this before, you'd look at someone changing their baby's nappy and it's full of shit, whatever. And you're kind of like, that yeah. is disgusting. I, how, I'm never going to be able to do that. And then it's your kid and you're like, yeah, whatever. You just do it because you don't really... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he was saying. And I mean, I might be wrong. He might just really love it. But um, yeah, he might just now love shit. Look, Jay, we've had some like fantastic guests yeah. over the course of the last you know year. Mm-hmm. Um, who would you like to have in the next year? If I could have anyone, or just anyone. Yeah, like any any like dream guest. I reckon we get The Rock on. 
The Rock. The Rock. Because he's a dad. Right. And he's just about to be a dad again. Just announced it recently yeah. on Instagram. Uh, he's going to have another girl. I'm a big fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, mainly because I think he comes across as quite a down-to-earth guy. Yeah. I'm not being funny. I genuinely love this guy and i think he'd be i think he'd have a lot to say i think he's good i think he's from where he kind of came from in terms of his background if anyone knows anything about him he's quite humble beginnings worked his way up hard work now to i think he's the biggest paid actor in the world now no way yeah yeah yeah. no he is yeah 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 he's he's yeah well i mean he is a brilliant actor i'm not saying that okay i just think I think he'd have a lot to say about father. So listen, Dwayne, you got my number. Give me a call. We'll get you on. What about you? Who's your kind of, who would you say is your number one fantasy I, I, guest? You know what? I've, I've got a few that I really like. Any of them as realistic as The Rock? <clears throat> They're more unrealistic. Well, no, more no, no, unrealistic. The, okay, so the realistic one, I think it, it might be possible. Is yeah. I, I think Ian Wright would be really fun. Ian Wright. Yeah, but the unrealistic one, which yep. is obviously impossible, yep. is Barack Obama. Okay, thoughts? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, th- I agree. That's pretty unrealistic. Yeah, but we take Trump. We take <laughs> <laughs> Tom. Get on it. Nail it. Just call up his people. Get him on. Okay, so that's it for this most recent episode of The Good, The Dad and The Ugly, the fatherhood podcast. Okay, well, I think that about wraps it up. Okay, well then, let's wrap it up there. Well, I think that probably about wraps up the conversation for today. For today. Okay, that's it for this episode. So, thank you, everyone. We're going to wrap it up there. There. I, I have to say, it's been great. Like, I've had a fantastic time this last 12 months it's been fun it has been fun and hopefully we're going to do another 12 months um and also thank you to everyone who's listened because it's been yeah thank you to everyone who's listened and like downloaded and just like rated and reviewed and all that shit but more of you could rate and review more of you could but don't do it if you're going to send fucking shit reviews like that that was that guy that guy he said something about Matt Willis not being funny and he's like that's not the point that's not why you you don't rate a podcast series about one guy not being funny even though he was fucking funny so I don't know what his problem was and he's not a comedian no so I, I think the guy just what's his what's your beef didn't like Matt Willis or but why would you not because he's a dickhead not Matt Willis not Matt Willis the guy <laughs> right yeah, yeah. So the guy's a yeah, dickhead yeah. yeah so Tom who do we have coming on the show in the next year well I don't want to give too much away but I have been working hard behind the scenes and let me just say this, that maybe sometimes dreams do come true. It's the rock, innit? <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.